Welcome to The Rock Fight, where we speak our truth, slay sacred cows, and sometimes agree to disagree. This is an outdoor podcast that aims for the head. I'm Colin True, and joining me today, he just tossed me a shilling to buy a Christmas goose for his overworked and underpaid best employee. It's Ebenezer Houseman! Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up. I haven't watched Scrooge yet this year. Scrooge is the best Christmas carol. I think maybe tonight. You know what? We watched, we watched... The best Christmas movie I've seen in a really long time over the weekend. You want to know what it was? Which one? It's called Klaus. Have you seen or heard anything about oh, this? Yeah. It's, it's animated. Have you seen yeah. this? Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. That's new. Good. That's new, right? I knew-ish. Oh, I thought it came out like this year. I thought it like just came out. The origin story of Santa. Yeah? Yeah. Fucking yeah. great idea. Right? What a great idea. I've never, ever heard of that. Maybe that's a, you know what? Maybe that's a common thing in Christmas movies. I don't think it is. Yeah, come on. The, the, the you know, the, the stop motion animated Chris, uh, Santa Claus is coming to town. Like Chris that's Kringle? Sort of his origin is, that story. What, is that his origin story? Okay. Well, yeah. I never, I mean, honestly, those, those, those like claymation, whatever the fuck those were, scared the living yeah. hell out of me as a kid. So I've never really watched any of <laughs> they them. They are kind of creepy. <laughs> I, pr- I tried to put one on for my daughters the other day, and they lasted like 10 seconds. Like, get yeah, this the out bumble, of here. man. The bumble in, in Rudolph is is kind of scary. So we're recording this on Monday, December 18th. I think this is the uh, this might be the last time we do a show together in 2023. A few more episodes that come out before we hit January, but I think this is the last one where it's just the two of us. But it's Monday, which means the weekend just ended. And that means it's time for a modified version of America's favorite podcast segment. It's what did Justin do this pre- this past weekend? <laughs> Presented by Long Weekend Coffee. So, Justin, what'd you do this past weekend? You know what I did is I did some I did some fun things. <laughs> I, nice. Uh, I, what I is t- Justin doing this weekend? Is for, oh, well, sorry, I was going to tell you for real. I had to think <laughs> about it because my brain is mush. Uh, I did some fun adventure biking. Some I got caught poaching a trail by uh, a fellow like like a like a someone I know, which is awesome. Oh. She rides bikes, but is also like an like a like a absurdly like gnarly trail runner kind of person mm-hmm. and yesterday it was like pissing rain and I'm, I'm like no one's gonna be out on this trail no one ever no one hikes the trail anyway let alone when it's raining i'll be fine and like i kind of took a little break to like take pictures of the bike and here she comes i'm like oh my god there's someone coming fuck 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 and then i realize this, this is Lindsay, and i know Lindsay. i'm like hey she gives me this look like you're not supposed to be up here how's it going and then she's like goes past me oh she was great. running yeah she was running uh were you in your doggler no, I was on that new Kona I have. I have I um I wanted to try out one, I don't know, it doesn't really matter, but it was like raining and muddy, and I'm like, I want the adventure bike. Part of it is I, I legitimately don't like getting like wet grime in my suspension parts on my other bikes, mm-hmm. but like I have um like an old man mountain rack that I wanted to test out and um an old man mountain like waterproof bag I wanted to test out. And I want to see what it would do, like you know, bouncing down like a single track. And it actually was great. Worked really good. So I did a little testing there. I surfed on Saturday. Holy smokes! I had a very outdoorsy weekend. Yeah, you did. Great. Yeah. So, How were the waves? Uh, not not great. I it's hard. It's it's eh. there's not I, I, there's like little waves you can surf in Marin, but they're never really that good. Or they they kind of can be, but it's like pretty difficult to like time it right. Mm-hmm. And I I went to this spot called Stinson Beach, which I've never purposely gone to to surf before. It's usually just uh, it's like a giant crescent of beach, and it's always just closeouts. It's it's a notoriously sharky too, isn't it? Yeah. So I mean, I guess there was like an attack there in the nineties. I, I thought that too, oh, but so turns, like if you actually do the research, yeah. yeah. Um, and it seems like there would be because there's a huge lagoon next to it, which just pours out like silty water. So it seems like there should be sharks. But I that I I was like, oh, I'll go surf. This this part of Stinson looks like there's waves on the on the surf on the surf cam like 
thing, which is new to this part of Stinson. They didn't used to have two cams. Now they do. And I'm like the north side, I guess I've been to the north. Yeah, I've been to the north side. I'll go surf that. And so I, I like went to Bolinas and then paddled across this little channel to get over to the other side of Stinson. And for reasons that are not worth getting into, like I couldn't quite access the waves from there on this little sand spit. I'm like, oh, I'll just walk through this neighborhood. Surely this neighborhood isn't very long. And on the other side of it, I'll, I'll hit open You're beach. You're carrying your board, just walking through? Yeah, and it, like I didn't realize, because I've been to Stinson a million times, but like you you only go so far north and then there's like a guardhouse and now you have this like big private development. And I didn't uh, realize it's like 30 miles long. <laughs> I don't know how long it is. It's really long. And I must have walked for two miles just barefoot. Just like, fuck, at some point. And now I'm like mad. Like, right. like there's got to be coastal access at some point. And like, fuck these people. Like, this is a coastal act violation. <laughs> you can't keep people from accessing the beach. Like, this is insane. And like, they're all, the, they're like every like fifth house. And these are like ludicrously nice houses. Not right. a car in any, in any driveway. Cause they're all like vacation homes for fucking Twitter gods or whatever. And like. <laughs> Every fifth house was like under construction, and I was like, "Okay, there's nobody here. I could like slip through the gate and like slip through." And I'm like almost trespassing, and like the security trucks keep driving back and forth, eyeballing me, like, "Who's this guy with the surfboard?" And finally, and I, and I just get like stubborn about it, and I'm like walking, and I'm walking, and I'm walking so far, and I'm like, "Well, I'm committed now. I'm not turning back now. <laughs> like I'm finding that I'm gonna get to the beach. And I'll just like walk the sand back." And at, at one point, I'm like, "I can't anymore." And like. I'm on, this is a huge sand spit. So on one side there's open ocean, the other side is like a lagoon. Mm-hmm. So I like just I like slipped next to some house through a little gap in a fence and like jumped into the lagoon and just paddled all the way back. But I had to decide what you got a workout in. There you go. Yeah, it was actually really pleasant. Like the water was super clear and I was like, oh, this is kind of neat. And like I never I didn't realize any of that's there. You don't really see it from the road. Yeah. But I was so mad the whole time. Like, who the fuck do these people think they are? Like, why wouldn't you have at least a little gap every few feet for even yourselves to go to the beach? Like, yeah, it's a little weird. It's insane. And well, if I, they're vacation well, homes by rich people. They're not going out there to go to the beach. They're just going to go sit in their house, probably. I guess it. Like all their backyards open onto the beach, so I guess they just go in and out that way. Yeah, but, right. But still, I'm like, surely there's going to be some sort of little walkway. But no, there never was. Anyway, that's what I did this weekend. All right. Well, what is Justin doing this weekend? And what did Justin do this past weekend? America's Favorite Podcast segment is presented by Long Weekend Coffee. With four varieties of beans, Long Weekend is the perfect coffee for all of your adventures, not just on the weekend. Head to longweekend.coffee, shop around, enter code ROCK10 at checkout and get 10% off your first order. Long Weekend Coffee, more weekend, please. Our first story today is from a press release on Outdoor Sportswire last week, which detailed gear maker Nemo's endless promise being named one of 2023's greatest innovations by popular science. The endless promise represents Nemo's commitment to reduce resource consumption and keep gear out of the landfill. All endless promise products are painstakingly designed to be repairable, resellable, and most importantly, 100% recyclable. I'm quoting right there from the press release. In 2024, Nemo's Endless Promise collection will expand to include three responsible downstandard certified sleeping bags and a new line. This is kind of the big part of this, I think, the new line of technical and commuter backpacks. So I want to bring this up specifically because until now, the only brand making outdoor stuff that I've heard consistently talk about doing any sort of circularity is Houdini. You know, every mm-hmm. brand and outdoor brand tries to kind of check that sustainability box. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even the best don't offer a real path for how to keep their stuff out of a landfill. I mean, even the best, like Patagonia doesn't have a lot of circular stuff that they claim. Um, once that item's no longer useful. So seeing a program like this from Nemo, you know, and goals of circularity from Houdini, it just kind of makes me hopeful that the pressure will mount on other outdoor brands to do the same. And then the other piece of it, it being recognized by popular science, 
Yeah. So this isn't just like a brand celebrating itself. So yeah, they must have. What do you they, think about this? I think it's awesome. I um I I well, Nemo stuff is really good anyway. So I'm glad it's yeah. from a brand that I really like. But um, I think it's awesome whether or not. I mean, they would know more than me. Like whether or not there's like a commercial path forward here is the interesting question. Like I don't know if something like this is is meant to serve almost as like a loss leader where you just aso- begin to associate Nemo with this kind of thing and like therefore they probably have pretty good approaches toward everything else they make. Like I could imagine mm-hmm. that being part of it. And you would know more than me about this. I just don't see why everything isn't like that. Like, why isn't everything made that way? And maybe it will. Maybe that's, maybe, like, I don't know if it is so much that it's never made sense to do it and and brands would like to make backpacks. You can, like, pull apart and, like, put back together or recycle them or whatever, and they didn't have the technology. Or I I suspect it's mostly that, like, it just doesn't really occur to people, you know? Like, why would you do that? Like, you just, you want to sell more backpacks, you know? Like, so it would be awesome if this kind of thing just became the norm, Um and yeah, maybe there's, that's there's, the idea, but like that I would, I would hope so. I think it should become the norm. I think the the problem right now is it's a there's a lack of motivation because it's going to require infrastructure and investment to make this a regular thing. To be able to right now, you can't just take your backpack and recycle it. You know, you can break it down. There's ways to sort of reuse certain parts of it, or you know, there are processes that, that exist to take poly any sort of polyester and kind of repurpose it. But it's nothing. It's not a, just a regular thing that any, most brands can just do or most textile makers can do. So that kind of that this technology is kind of being invented as we speak. And as such, that's hard. That costs a lot of money. And then it also, you know, you don't have a return on that. Is it going to cost more for them to make it? Is it then is it more costly to the consumer? So I kind of look at it as like until we get the, the thing on most sustainability issues, until there's some sort of regulation that says you have to be able to do this or you can't yeah. sell this here, it's not going to change at uh, on scale. Yeah. And that's why I think seeing Nemo and Houdini do these things is impressive because they're taking it on. They're sort of, they're saying that, Hey, this is important. We make too much stuff and we're going to do our part to make sure this stuff doesn't end up in a landfill. The challenge though, and as you know, you know, so yeah, I, you know, I know some folks right on the brand side of things and, you know, so I, I sent a few emails around kind of asking about this and I got some, got some responses that the program is, and the potential is legit. Um, and the plan, the, the big thing is kind of the plan to expand into the backpack category. Not a big thing in terms of like the program itself, but in terms of the risk that Nemo's taking because they're now entering a category they have not been in before. And we've talked about, you and I have talked about this a lot, like entering in a new category is tough. I guess there's a lot that could go wrong there, but like, I don't feel like that's going to be an issue. It's one thing when a brand is like, we want to make bike clothes, even though we've never done that before. It's like, well, right. why? You know, like, but like Nemo, I, I, I do kind of get it. Cause like, I really do like all their stuff. Like more than, I think actually, honestly, I think more than any brand out there, I, I see the summit is the other one where I don't care what it is. If it's Nemo, I know it's going to be great. Like it doesn't matter what it, I don't, I'm not going to have to try it first. I'm not going to wonder about it. Like I've had some, I've had some tents from like mountain hardware that were awful. You know, for example, you know, like big, like core brands who you're like, they, whatever they make is going to be good. For the most part, it is. But like, they, I, I've had some some missteps from from some big brands. REI is the same way. I've had some big missteps from some of their stuff they make. Never with Nemo. And so, like, I feel like, I feel like I would trust them to do that. They could come out. I mean, if they came out with a surfboard, I'd be like, what? Well, come on. <laughs> but but like this, sure. I mean, how, I'm sure they can make a backpack. You know, they'll just poach no, somebody I, from, I, from North Face anyway or whatever to do it, to run their I, line. I think you're spot on. I think that's the, 
they're almost like the exception that proves the rule because my thing, what I, what do I always say? Like, well, just cause you're a, a footwear maker doesn't mean you should enter an adjacent footwear category. It's hard. This is one where now Nemo's so well regarded in the kind of camping and, you know, technical equipment space. And we're talking about backpacks, not necessarily like another rain jacket that I think it is, it's there. I mean, the people respect it enough that they'll give it a shot. People who are in the know will understand. And I think the opportunity is there for them to kind of seamlessly expand into this. And they have an incredible sustainability story that no one else is telling. But they also aren't huge marketers. You always, you almost always see a stuff for Nemo coming out of press release. I don't mm-hmm. see them show up in places either, which I'm not saying that that's a necessity, but it's like, you They've know. they made their calculation, you know, like, and they yeah. obviously, I mean, they have obviously... Uh, done well by it. I mean, like, I think, I think if you're a brand that can get by almost entirely on word of mouth, then yeah. you're golden. You know, so I, I get like the only, the only thing I, th- I wonder about when I hear about these kinds of initiatives, or I guess there aren't that many. So this one in particular is like, I know that, I'm, at least I'm pretty sure that you have to take it. You have to like mail it back to Nemo or take it to. I don't know if they have like a retailer. Like you can't just like you have to. Yeah, they true. have to handle it. There is a step that you have yeah, to take. Yeah, and to like get that it back kind of like I've seen that. Like people have tried to do this in surf for a lot mm-hmm. of different ways in a lot of different like with wetsuits, with old surfboards, and like it's actually pretty easy to take a surfboard and to like strip the glass off. Not easy, but like especially a big board. You can take that board, you can strip the glass off. The foam blank underneath is fine. And then you just like cut it out, reshape it, do whatever you want. Like that's a you can totally do that. Mm-hmm. But it's never taken off. Cause it's just it's just because it's just like it's just what it's a step. I don't want to have to go to the surf shop with this board to drop it. I'd rather just put it in the garbage or whatever, you know, like if I would break a board. Or what same thing with a wetsuit. Like it's just easier to just leave it in my like so I think with I think with this one in particular, also Houdini says the same thing. Like when it reaches its end of life, right? Then you send it back and they deal with it. But like, yeah. what does that mean? You know, like that really means you're bored. I mean, I've never I've never in my life had a backpack that I couldn't use anymore because it was just too used. And I I, I know people have. I'm aware that that's a thing. I've never had that happen. Now, granted, I have sure. a million backpacks. If I only had one, it'd probably be different. But like that, I just I find it hard to imagine that at some point, unless I poke a hole in it, my backpack's not going to work anymore. So like you're yeah. really you're you're gonna send it back when you're bored. So like that's probably which is fine. But like I don't know. Like are we are we is there a net positive here, or is it going to be people like I've had this backpack for two years now I want a green one. I think all these things are on the table. You're, the brand's relying on the consumer to do the right thing and send it back. Now, I mean, you could also say, like, well, it'll, it, how many of these will actually get repurposed because if they're so well-made and then they, if you, instead of sending it back, do you give it to somebody else or you donate it and, you know, eventually. But even then, you still are relying on someone to send it back in in order to break it down and do it. And that's why it's still going to come down to something's going to have to be regulated or there needs to be some mass shift or agreement by all of these brands that we're going to do it this way now because... I don't know. I mean, I just yeah. like, I, otherwise, I, even if you people, are well it's intended, like, it's nine or 10 people doing it. Otherwise. I mean, and that's, that's the, what I mean. Yeah. And, and like, they, they, but again, I do think that everything should be like this. I think this is how all of your products for the most part should be, but I can't imagine that very many people actually would agree with that. You know, like people want to buy it. Their, it comes down to money, right? I mean, it's like, if it's say, if REI, it's easy to say something like, well, hey, REI, you step up and be the receptacle for all these things, you know, and be like the the the, the point of interaction, right? Because you're a national chain and you care and whatever. But it's like, okay, well, what are you asking REI to do in that regard? You're asking them to staff, you know, ship stuff, collect stuff. You know, you're not always just going to get 
the best product back. You're going to get stuff you can't use. I mean, look, I do it right now. Like, so like if I, let's say I Instacart or I go to a grocery store and I end up with plastic bags, I forgot to bring my bags and I've got a cabinet full of these plastic bags. Well, you can take them back to the grocery store and put them in the bin because I can't recycle them in my own recycling bin. Right. Right. right? So sometimes I do that. Sometimes, you know, I, th- I tend to make sure they're clean, but I tend also to kind of put them all in a ball and stuff them in there. I don't know if that's the right way to do that, you know? So, and I'm trying to like, just not throw these things away. More people will probably be like, I'm done with this. I'm going to throw it away. So there is the infrastructure question like carries on beyond it. But I guess the the thing to praise them here is that except for Houdini, who else is even ha- talking about even trying? And I, I guess that's kind of the sad part. I mean, I'm, I'm super stoked Nemo's doing this again. Yeah. I mean, gr- fucking great. Do it. Also, there's a there, but there's also part of me that's like, I don't think it's like this can't possibly make any kind of actual difference. I mean, like, how many bags are they going to sell? So, like, well, right. that's great. You should do that. We should all do what we can do. That's great. But, like, yeah. I wonder if there's some, there's probably, is there something that's more impactful? Like, I don't know that it's Nemo. I guess what I'm getting, I don't know that it's, like, Nemo's responsibility. Good on you for doing it. That's great. Yeah. But, like, mm-hmm. I don't, don't feel bad if you don't. Because it's not, like, that's not your role. You know, like, like, there are actual movers and shakers who are in charge of things that will benefit people's lives in terms of climate change and landfill use and plastics in our water. And they aren't brands. It's not brands. You know, like, yeah. it's it's politicians. And it's, like, us making decisions about who we're going to support and what, what like... Um, well, really, just really, just that you know. So it's like, right. yeah, great, great. Buy recyclable stuff. You totally should. That's awesome. It's also I can't fathom that possibly making any difference whatsoever. So like, also vote for people that will like make sure that like, you know, carbon emissions are halted and all that sort of shit. Ultimately, so, that's the most important thing I think because it's, yeah, it's easy to kind of just pick on outdoor brands, but honestly, if you you know who really needs these programs are like you know the Sheehan's and the people who are making well, their stuff yeah, and selling and they're that not Kohl's, going to you know so like and, that, right. so like the, the, the big outdoor Nemo's brands well, this, uh, this stuff's going to at least last I mean it will last a long it's still well constructed even yeah. the more middling outdoor brands have a little level of competency that you're not going to get at some of these bigger boxes no though. of course not so yeah so it's like it's I mean again all power to you that's awesome but like it's not. If you di- if they didn't do it, I don't think it would be like it wouldn't really matter. I guess no. That's why I think it's it's the someone stepping forward and say and saying we're making a circular product. Same as like Houdini, like yeah. you know, credit where credits due. But you're right. It's you know in Houdini in the grand scale of things, next to a, a North Face or Columbia, where do they make like a a quarter of the amount of stuff those I, brands I, make. I, I bet right. It's, I mean, I, I don't it's know. A tenth. It's probably, yeah, it's honestly, it's probably, you're probably like a, right. It's probably a fifth. Well, like, yeah. it's bigger. You know <laughs> what I mean? Right. A twentieth. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you want to keep going smaller? Yeah, I don't know how. It's been a long time since I've taken a math class. <laughs> like, one-fifth seems like it should be smaller than one-tenth because five is a smaller yeah. number. You see what I'm saying here? Math That's is true. not intuitive. <laughs> Fractions are not intuitive. Well, hey, the next story we have comes from Ski Magazine that reported that uh, Mount Shasta Ski Park, which is a 635-acre ski area located in Northern California at the foot of the iconic 14er, Shared plans to build a 20-foot-high statue of the Virgin Mary at the top of Douglas Butte, which is one of the resort's four lift-serve summits. According to a statement that they shared on a December 10th Instagram post, the statue has been a passion project of the Merlots, which apparently are the ski park's owners. Ray Merlot died in 2020, and his wife Robin decided to move ahead with this plan in his honor. They've said that the statue isn't meant to promote any one religion, but rather the honor and beauty and spiritual power of the mountain we all love so much. I guess the mountain itself doesn't do that. Um, 
Yeah, as you would expect, you know, that there's been substantial pushback on the plan, many calling for something more representative and inspirational to all, and some suggesting that if something like this was to be built, it should pay homage to the indigenous tribes that existed in the area before Europeans arrived on the scene. I don't know. What do you think about this? Do they own this piece of property? I guess so. Fucking build it. I don't care. Oh, come on. I mean, no, like... I don't care it's a shit. Ski they own it. It's a ski so? park. I don't, I don't know. I just... I so? think this is just human beings being dumb. There's not Why? like one person behind the scenes who like tried to throw up a roadblock. Why? I mean, like, I mean, I, I don't. I mean, I, I, I don't. I'm, I'm an atheist. I think these stories are hilarious. I mean, the Virgin Mary and Jesus and all this sort of things. But like, so what? They own it. Well, I'm not offended if they people want to build something on their pro- property. Go ahead. But it's just like, what? What are you? You're, you're. It's clearly a money making enterprise. You're trying to get people to come ski at your ski park on Mount Shasta. Why would you like want to just alienate the people who would hate I it? I guess. I. I mean, sure. I mean, yeah, that's fine. There, there, there's a cold. There's a cold calculation to be made that, like, sure, this might piss people off. Probably shouldn't do it. Sure. But like, come fucking on. Are you not going to go ski there? Because there's a twenty. It's not even. It's, if it was two hundred feet, sure. It's a 20-foot statue. Actually, I'd be more likely to go if it was 200 feet. I'd go check it out. Well, right. Like, people love that fucking Jesus statue in Brazil. Yeah. It's like, well, I'm, I'm not going to Rio because Christ is above me, like, gesticulating. Like, who gives a shit? People are so fucking have their panties in their bunch. about the. Well, I can't even, I don't even think you're supposed to say that. People get so offended by things. It's. I mean, it's insane. I mean, come on. I get my panties in a and bunch. And like, and like, I, look, I, I probably shouldn't even say this, but like, I just don't, like... Are, uh, the, the Merlots, they're obviously not fucking indigenous. So, like, if they start to throw up some kind of indigenous statue, like, that's the most pandering bullshit in the fucking they world. They get crucified for that. Too. No, I don't even think they would. I think people would be like, oh, that's great. It's like, they don't know jack shit. Like, they're, that's to me more offensive. Like, that's actually legitimately offensive. Like, at least they're probably Christians. Like, have the statue. Who cares? I think there's only one road to this, and it's you don't do anything. Well, that's I, I just, the, I, honestly, I don't <laughs> want to live in that world. That's the problem. It's like I don't, I don't want to live in a world where I can't put up a statue of something or whatever, or or it doesn't have to be statue. I wouldn't do that. But like, I don't want to live in a world where nobody can put up anything or wear anything or say anything because like someone's not going to come to their business because they're they believe something different. I mean, that what that sounds awful. It is awful, but it's also the reality, right? I mean, because you just we, and and I think this no, is it's not reality. Of it's course, not it's reality. reality. It's like this weird blip in like the cultural, like thing now. Like that's not that's. I was just watching. I was just watching this new, very good. I don't know why we need another one, but this new documentary about World War II on Netflix. <laughs> There's so had 400 too different versions of this <laughs> where it's like, now it's colorized. Okay, <laughs> great. So is the other one that was, but whatever. But like this one has a lot of insanely cool footage. And I don't mean that because I want to be a Nazi. I just mean like this really neat footage I've never seen yeah. before of like Nazi rallies and iconography and all this sort of stuff. And you're like, oh, like in ways I hadn't quite really grasped like fascism before. Mm. I'm like, oh, the whole idea is that like all these people are basically the same person. Like all of Hitler's speeches are like, we're one body, we're one person, we're one Germany. It's like, okay, the idea, and I see why this is comforting to some people. Every You can just sort of assume everybody here has the same viewpoint about everything. Right. right? right. That's like the whole point, yeah. right? Like if we don't want anyone who looks different, who sounds different, who does anything different, if, if you do any of those things, we're going to kill you. We're going to ostracize you and or kill you. To me, that's kind of what is going on if you can't ever put a fucking statue up of something. It's yeah, like a certain true. point we want to make sure that everybody here has the same opinion, which is essentially no opinion, because we can't handle it anymore. We can't handle having different opinions about things. It, for some reason, we've just come to the point where nobody can... I can't go skiing and see a statue without apparently what, grumbling about what? 
<laughs> Judeo-Christian ethics? Like, what? What's the problem here? No, it's a good point. And if, like, and if that I, thing had been, am I supposed to believe that if they put up some eagle statue because I don't know what tribe would have been in Chasta? There's like probably four or five about, different that were in the area. Yeah. yeah. So I don't. Whatever. Whatever their like main things that they love to like. Where's like? Am I to believe that like the Merlots? Or, would, or like that anybody there practices that religion? No. Like, it doesn't fucking matter. Like, like that would be disingenuous. Like, just put up the fucking statue. Well, it's not that they're going to. I think the the thing that definitely uh, bringing me around your point of view is that if they, this was like 1987 and they had built the statue. Nobody would have even thought about it. Right. I mean, what, I, like, I don't love that there's American flags everywhere for lots of reasons. You know, like, I don't think you should be super nationalist and stuff. I'm not going to not go to your ski resort because there's an American flag. I'm not going to, like, right. write my fucking congressperson about how this shouldn't be there. Like, that's way more <laughs> offensive in a lot of ways than a Virgin Mary statue. Like, yeah. No, I, 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 I my, did. My... I saw a kernel about this in the news and I didn't really read it because I knew it would make me mad. And now I understand why. <laughs> I'm glad I could be here for you, buddy. I could not be more <laughs> atheist, by the way. Like, I could not possibly no, be no, more. I, like, I just I'm don't. I just, I, I cannot. Somebody would have to grab me by the shirt and be like, look at that statue. And I'd be like, oh, yeah. And they'd be like, don't you realize what this means? I'm like, uh, what? Like, they, somebody would have to, like, really explain it to me before I even dawned on me that somebody would be, like, bothered by it. It's it's funny the way you're pointing this out because my imme- immediate response wasn't, would I be offended by the statue or what would I build? It was, what are you doing? Like, why are you bringing this upon totally. yourself? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, that was just like, that was just like the, it's just a, just a dumb move. Just don't do it. You know, like, I'm sorry, your husband died and you want to honor that's this the thing. Like, that's actually really nice. You know, like, it that's a really, nice no, no, thing way, to do. No, I think it's great. And you're absolutely right. And ultimately, you know, if, if, if this ends up putting the, the park out of business or whatever, it won't because it's on, it's a ski park on Mount Shasta. What I can't, you don't even ski. I could probably talk you and we'll go into a ski day on there. How glory, how cool would that be? Let's yeah. go skiing like, you know, with Mount Shasta as our background. It is cool. Um, it is, it's an really, really interesting point. Like who cares? And also like, did you suggest that they put up some indigenous statue of something? Or that that's was, like, they, that's, like some... suge- that's what people were saying. That's so what the like, com- people commenting on it are saying. So we're going to be like, look, this mythical figure that we all mm. agree isn't real. Yeah. No, we can't have that. This other one, this other mythical figure. Yeah. That's fine. We can have that because we feel guilty about thump history or something. That's what we're doing here. That's what well, these I people think, are so suggesting. The, the ski park has said that they're they're honoring the beauty. This is a quote from the the, the, the article about uh, honoring the beauty and the spiritual power of the mountain we all love so much. And I think that the response is like, well, if you want to do that, why wouldn't you honor the indigenous folks who were here before you? Kind of thing. I see. Um, okay. Ultimately, your point of view is correct. If you're gonna do it, just do it. Don't put up some namby pamby you know Instagram post about trying to like kind of get away with it. Like, hey, we're gonna do this. Isn't it great? Because you you should know that not everyone's gonna think this is great, and you also shouldn't announce it. You just yep, we build it. Yep, there it is. Yeah. We'll plaque on it. We're honoring Ray. Ray was a great guy. Always wanted to do this. I mean, if you want to argue, if you want to make an argument that like that shouldn't be a private piece of land and that it should be nationalized or something because it's on presumably surrounded by public lands and it's just yeah, like right. that's I'm I'm down to have that argument and I would probably side with you. And therefore, yeah, now it's a state thing. You can't have religious stuff. Great. But they own yeah. it. Sorry, if you don't like it, buy it. If you don't like it, buy it from them. We, you should you should be you should be okay with seeing things that, that you don't love to see. Like that should be you should. 100%. I don't. You know what I don't love most Fords. You know, like and I'm fine. Hey. Like going to the sorry, except for the Maverick. What? But like, <laughs> you know, like I don't want to see your F one fifty at the lot. Sorry, I don't. I don't want to go to the Mount Shasta ski lot and see four hundred giant full size trucks 
probably yeah, chained yeah. up because the people that drive them are too scared, like don't know what the fuck they're doing. That is offensive, <laughs> deeply. And there's a reason behind the, the like that being offensive. A statue of a, of a thing that every, like, it's so innocuous. It's the Virgin Mary. Fine. All right, well, that's all I got. Anything you have going on? I mean, I don't know. No, not really. I haven't been paying attention to the out, outdoor news. But you know what? I have been, like, for whatever reason, I've been, uh, well, we just did a big gear, first of all, we just did a big gear, like, guide thing for adventure journal which has kind of got me like i've been really tired of talking about gear and like dealing with gear Mm -hmm. but like it kind of really rejuvenated me because it's like it's like okay to think this stuff is cool like like i get that we probably shouldn't buy so much crap and i get that capitalism is bad and i get that you know landfills are filling up all these things believe me i'm a bleeding heart liberal i know what's up but like this shit is cool. Like there's some really neat stuff being made out there, and like I kind of like a, <laughs> like more appreciative of like cool camping gear lately. So uh, reason to bring that up could be okay. I think we're just fucking it up. Well, yeah, <laughs> totally yeah. No, like the, I actually am not really anti even anti capitalist to a certain degree. Like like yeah. just just the things that are bad about it are bad. Like I don't want to have to go to work either. Like all the I get all that. But like mm-hmm. but I have some bogs from last winter, and it's like it brings me such joy to bring them out because I'm like ah. Oh, Here's like it's raining, like they work great. Yeah. I can walk through anything, and like I love it. And like the, you mentioned, my Jack Wolfskin rain jacket I was wearing when we started. That's like the best rain jacket I've ever had. And like I really enjoy putting nice stuff on and being like, this. Is, I know this rain jacket works really good. It, there's no seams. It's really comfortable. Like I, it's weird. Like I went, I don't know. I'm like re- rejuvenated about good outdoor gear because there's a lot of it. And like there, this is like nice. such a golden age of like really good outdoor stuff. And like everything, well, there's a lot of stuff, but like everything is good. Like almost everything works really, really good. So uh, I'm ex- I'm excited about winter and like getting to test out some new stuff. Like we're going to go to Yosemite the day after Christmas like we always do. And it'll be like snowy up high and like rainy in the valley probably. So I'm going to have all kinds of like rad new snowshoes and stuff to test out. And I'm fired up about All right, well, please follow or subscribe to The Rock Fight wherever you're getting your podcast. And if you want your rock fight to be heard, send an email to myrockfight at gmail.com or find the show on TikTok threads or Instagram at underscore rockfight underscore. Rock Fight's production, Rock Fight LLC. For Justin Hausman, I'm Colin True. And here to take us out and make all of your holiday dreams come true, it's Krista Makes with the Rock Fight Fight Song. We'll see you next time. Rock fight.